why not record a another driving theology I almost said driving Miss Daisy <laughs> that's not the name of this podcast <laughs> uh, yeah so I'm heading out uh, as usual on my normal trek uh, but it's actually a different time of the day uh, as uh, I didn't have my morning classes just my afternoon classes so it's uh, about one uh, 10, 10 after 1 in the afternoon and uh, I am leaving my house which is a bit of a hospital lately seems like we've had a lot of illness and continue to have some more illness uh, pretty much since the middle of February or beginning of February our house has been a sick house between my wife and me and uh, now our dog so I've spent the morning helping my dog uh, hopefully turn the corner on a stomach bug or something that he has. And uh, the rest of my clan are out, so I'm having to do this solo today. Um, yeah, so, uh, on my way out to class, having to leave the dog with Grandpa and hope, hoping he'll be okay, um, I uh, just wanted to catch you guys up. I haven't recorded a podcast in a couple weeks. This is a downtime for my Wednesdays, uh, but just to catch you up, uh, Yeah, I got a sick dog. My wife, uh, there was something discovered on her lung in a routine checkup uh, that she's going to have biopsied. Uh, So far, they think it's probably bacterial or fungal in nature. Um, So she's going to have to go into the hospital for about uh, four or five days starting the day after tomorrow. So Friday, this is Wednesday. I forget which day, maybe March 27th. and yeah, so we got a sick dog as well who can't hold down any food. And uh, and uh, on a personal note, I've been through some colds and stuff like that. We're in the middle of allergy season, uh, and our cafe is finally up and running for the last nearly two weeks. We've been uh, operational and. Uh, that occupies a lot of my uh, thoughts uh, and actually less of my time now but we're not putting it together most of my uh, activity as far as the caf- uh, our cafe is concerned has been about getting it ready to go finding people to do the work buying materials shopping designing making decisions uh, and especially cleaning up the mess were done and I'm still in the process of that. It's amazing how hard stuff is to throw away here in Japan. I took a load to the dump today but some of the things were not uh, good enough for the dump. So I've got to find another way to get rid of that stuff. That's more of an industrial uh, type stuff like uh, um, bro- 
broken bricks and things like this. So anyway, I got some stuff done today and it feels good to get some of it out of my car and done with. It's a good thing. Uh, and I recently finished a biography uh, on the life of Beethoven, which was good. It was uh, more of a popularly written biography as opposed to one by a musicologist uh, or something like that. So it's more based on the person and, and not as much on the music. Uh, and made for a very interesting read. I've uh, often admired, I'm sure, as well as a lot of people have admired Beethoven's works. And uh, I've read biographies uh, of the other, uh, many of the other major composers uh, of that time, especially in regards to opera. Uh, now, Beethoven only really has one opera, uh, Fidelio, so he has not been as uh, big a player in uh, keeping my attention as far as uh, uh, composers go, but um, of course I, I love his Ninth Symphony and uh, a lot of his other uh, choral works. Uh, I've sang, sang some of his uh, some of his songs, and I like those as well. So anyway, it's great to to be able to read that. My daughter bought that for me for Christmas, and it was a really good read. Um, and I recently did a major work uh, of Beethoven's in the last, uh, I don't know, five or six months, maybe seven months, seven months ago. I did my first, well, not my first, but certainly my first uh, solo um, big Beethoven piece, which was a, a song cycle, which I may, I may or may not have talked about with you guys, but... Uh, anyway, it was a great, great piece. It was uh, on the, the subject of, of uh, lost love or, or uh, your love who is far away or, or unattainable love or unrequited love or whatever you want to call it, um, which Beethoven was famous for. He, he famously never married and even figuring out... Uh, um, call it, figuring out who he had relationships with as far as women has even been very, very elusive. Um, it's hard to be conclusive uh, on who he had relationships with. Everything is uh, uh, very much uh, circumstantial uh, evidence for different relationships. But uh, anyway, uh, his, his, his book, his story, the story of his life is portrayed by this author at least uh, it's quite quite a tragic life I mean there's there's a a lot of um, normal life that happened with Beethoven that does not seem to jive with the majestic nature of his music um, he seems to have been a very strange creature indeed who was terribly flawed as a human being while uh, at the same time being being wonderfully gifted as an artist uh, and the way the, the marriage happens in the man uh, makes for some very interesting reading and 
and most mostly anecdotal uh, evidence of of the kind of person he was. Um, he died, I believe, in 1827. So it's been uh, you know quite a while, uh, quite a while ago. So there isn't obviously uh, there aren't any videos or uh, anything like that of Beethoven. No photographs even. Uh, <clears throat> he, he seems to have been even before uh, the possibility of that. He died before photographs were a possibility. Um, anyway, just a fascinating read, um, and one of the one of the most striking characteristics of Beethoven that was even while his personal life uh, was falling apart, where he, he was doing horrible, unspeakable things to to those who were closest around him. Uh, and there were lawsuits and court hearings uh, in this process. And, and even while all of this horrible stuff's going on, he continues to write some of the most beautiful music uh, ever written. Uh, and, and it's just such an, an odd thing. I mean, how... How does that happen? Uh, how do you uh, have such an ugly life, and yet the 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 major product of your life be such beauty? Um, it truly is fascinating. Uh, I don't know that there are any spiritual correlations there. Uh, I, I guess, in a sense. We all live fallen, uh, sinful lives in comparison with Jesus, for example. And yet, we we have the hope that Jesus will will make the final product of our lives reflect His beauty and not our ugliness, uh, not the ugliness that. Uh, that has been imparted into the world uh, through the corruption of sin. Um, I suppose that hope is always there. But somehow Beethoven uh, was able to do this on a day-to-day -day basis, you know. Uh, by most accounts, he was a deplorable human being. Now, he himself attributes a lot of the negative qualities that people perceived him to have to his deafness and their lack of understanding of what it's like to be deaf. Uh, he would have said that he loved his fellow man, that he had great love for his fellow man. And yet that is often not what seems to be the case when you look at uh, the way... Uh, he seemed to surround himself with terribly broken uh, relationships and uh, squabbles and misunderstandings and even lawsuits. Um, he seems to be a, to have been a very unforgiving person, uh, quick to judge uh, other people's motives and character. Um, so yeah, that's something that's happened.
March, which means uh, the end of the school year, and, and the, the new school year starts in April. It's going to be a lot of changes in my schedule. Uh, I will be teaching less, um, which, because of the way uh, my life is, it means I will be earning less. I get paid per class, obviously. Um, I will be teaching less and have uh, more uh, free time, but at the same time the cafe is now going on and that's going to take up uh, some of my, uh, some of the free time that I might have had, which is okay, that's how I'd like to, like it to be, I think. I'd like to have time to, to pour into the cafe to, to, to hopefully, uh, try to help it get better and better, um, help us to be able to serve the community better and, and to uh, offer more and more. Lady, you can't wait forever. You cannot wait forever. you got to go at some point. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's where we're at. So I've got just today, th this week, uh, I've only had, um, only got like, I don't know, five or six classes for the entire week. Uh, but then I got to get ready for taking my wife to be hospitalized for three or four days, which happens uh, here fairly quickly, the day after tomorrow. And my daughter's got lots of friends coming over. She's got five friends coming up from uh, uh, Tokyo area where she goes to school with them. So five. Going to have six high school seniors in the house this weekend. Eh, it's going to be crazy. Um, you know, spiritually speaking, uh, I've been on a pretty low point, And I think... It's not because of anything I've started or stopped believing or, or any event that's happened. I think it's simply uh, the fact that I've been overwhelmed. Uh, my schedule has just been crazy busy. And that's mostly because of the cafe. Uh, I've been busy with that and then of course all the sickness that's happened in my family. My wife's had three consecutive illnesses and now we know she still has another one and uh, I've had a uh, bad, bad cold the last couple weeks. It started with a couple days of fever um, and now we're in the pollen, pollen, pollen allergy season. So yeah, life has just been really, really difficult and uh, tedious and time consuming energy sapping and uh, starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel on that a little bit I think um, but uh, one, of the, one of the nice things is it's warm today is actually the warmest day of the year I think it's probably up to I don't know 23, 22, 23 it's uh, even short sleeve weather beautiful sunny day It has been nice today to be out in that a little bit, even though I had to take my dog to the vet, dealing with his uh, 
vomiting and sickness. It started last night, which was really bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been listening to this podcast. Oh, sorry. Man, it's been a long morning. I've been listening to this podcast. You know what? I can't even remember what it's called right now. podcast. I've, I've been very impressed with it. Um, let's see if I can get to it called Reconstruct the Collective Exploration of Our Faith. Reconstruct. Um, of course, my good friend Pat put me onto this podcast and I think I'm in the maybe fifth or sixth episode. And yeah, it's really great. It's about reconstructing your faith. Like, after you've deconstructed your faith and hopefully uh, gotten rid of a lot of, um, uh, I don't know if fallacious is the right word, but a lot of the bad aspects uh, that piggybacked uh, on your true belief in Jesus or your true your true walk with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus, uh, religion, um, and all the trappings uh, that come with it uh, tend to burden down our relationship with Jesus with a lot of peripheral uh, things that are not necessary and indeed are uh, often hinder uh, a good relationship with Jesus. So deconstruction is about getting rid of all of that, uncovering uh, the essential Jesus, and then reconstructing is how you go about uh, reconnecting uh, with or, or restructuring or, or replacing the bad parts of your religious life with uh, good things that you find. So reconstruct. Um, so it has a lot of deconstruction in the podcast, um, but they always tried to bring it about to a positive side, not not just saying what's wrong or bad or unnecessary, but but also trying to, to rediscover or discover what is good. And it, it's been a really good podcast. Yeah, um, some amazing. Thoughts from both theology and philosophy. Uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, who knows? Maybe that will be part of the uh, you know conduit by which I uh, kind of regain a a better walk with Jesus. Or, or perhaps I'm just in a dry spell. You know, it's possible too. I don't like dry spells. Um, hate them actually. <laughs> So yeah, I think when I get in a dry spell like this, uh, I'm learning to to just uh, you know put in the time to, to try to find ways to uh, to reconnect, to restart, to rejuvenate. Um, 
you know, it's sort of like the, uh, the parable of the sower. Uh, one of the seeds uh, fell on the ground where all the thorn was, and the thorns came in and choked, choked the plant. That, that's kind of what my life has been like the last two months. There's, it's been a lot of thorns, uh, a lot of things about life that have come in and, and kind of stolen away or have been blocking my uh, relationship with Jesus. Um, that's how it feels anyway. Um, but uh, still trying to learn, still trying to go forward uh, with things. <clears throat> um, just don't feel real engaged lately. Um, yeah, dry spell. That's that's all I can call it. I don't know what else to call it. I, I don't know if it's uh, a bit of depression, a bit of. Uh, just being overwhelmed. Uh, one thing that I have done the last couple months is reconnect with the coffee business. Uh, and the, that's taken a lot of, um, I'd say, of my, of my time and passion. Uh, because I've always been passionate about coffee. Coffee is one thing that I've, it's one of those constants in my life that's been there the last 30 years that I <laughs> I often go back to uh, coffee, uh, maybe one of the most consistent things that I put in my body probably is, these days even more than water, though I love water too. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, you get so passionate about something that it almost becomes a religion. You pursue it. Uh, religiously and, and and you know a lot of these things even have their rituals uh, you know coffee rituals might include um, you know getting up in the morning and grinding those beans and, and making that fresh cup of coffee and the joy that you get uh, in that process and, and uh, that the first cup gives you uh, could be likened to a spiritual experience I suppose doesn't mean it's not a spiritual experience or that it can't be spiritual in nature. Um, but it shouldn't replace it. I, you know, if things get to that point, that's where they become uh, idolatrous. Yeah, I think this is... <sighs> oh, I'm really sleepy. I got up so early and took care of that dog all morning. And other errands and things I had to do. Kind of wipe me out. Now I have to go teach a bunch of uh, kindergarten kids. Uh, see how that goes. But yeah, I'm afraid this is going to be a throwaway episode. I really was hoping I'd have something to offer, uh, but it doesn't look like I do. Thus, the dry spell, I suppose. Uh, one thing I was listening to, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to say this right, um, but I've been listening to a, uh, like I said, the podcast, the Reconstruct podcast. One of the guys was talking about how he has a kind of theology that's called, oh, I got to 
that Nantaka ology. Basically, it has to do with um, ah ah. Okay, so essential juxtaposed to volunteer, uh, and it was volunteer. One of God's attributes is that he voluntarily chooses voluntary limitation and essential limitation. He voluntarily limit, limit, limits, he voluntarily uh, puts limits on what he knows and does. He voluntarily limits himself. But this guy made a distinction. He said, no, I think it's essential limitation. And that God's character, right, who God is, limits what God does. And that's because that's an essential part of his, his personality, his character, his, his persona, his person. Uh, and so, for example, we, one paradigm says God is in control of everything. Uh, and that's the traditional uh, control paradigm. But the problem with that is you have to then say that everything is God's fault. If you say God controls everything, that God is always in control, then you also have to say that God is culpable for evil events that happen under his watch. Because at the end of the day, God is in control, right? Um, so that has some obvious problems. And so one way to, one theology to kind of combat that idea has been this idea of limitation, that God voluntarily limits himself. Just took a wicked shortcut. God voluntarily limits himself so that, yes, God is in control uh, but sometimes he chooses not to control certain things. Uh, but of course, if that's the case, uh, then you still have to say, well, whether God chooses to act or not, uh, still shows that he is then responsible for everything that happens uh, on his watch. Uh, but what this guy says, this theologian, uh, he believes in essential limitation, that God's character, who he is, essentially limits what he does. In other words, God does not control everything because God is not a controlling God. That's not part of his character. That's not one of his, his attributes. Uh, and this takes me back to Brad Jerzak. Um, Brad Jerzak has a very similar uh, take on God, that, that God does not control because God is not controlling. Uh, that's not who he is. And that God's character is limited, or, or what God does is limited to his attributes, to who he is. It's not that, it's not that God voluntarily limits himself, it's just that God is who God is, and God does not change, right? God is, God is unchanging. Uh, therefore, God can never do something that's outside of his character. It makes no sense. Right? In the same way that 
I cannot go to the top of a building and fly. I cannot just, you know, leap off and fly. Why? Because I'm a human. And part of the characteristics of being human is that we don't have wings and that we uh, fall from high places uh, unless we build some kind of apparatus uh, like a parachute or an airplane uh, to fly with. It's part of part of who I am. I, I don't fly uh, because I'm not a bird. I, I don't fly because I'm human. God, uh, Yahweh, if you will, right? Yahweh, who is, we believe, a singularly unique being in the universe. Yahweh does not control all of the events in the world because Yahweh's character is not controlling. He, he, he influences, he works with, he empowers, uh, he pleads, he begs, um, he convinces, but he does not control. And that is the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the idea Anyway, of essential limitation. God is essentially limited by who he is. Limited by who he is. Limited. That should be a word, but it's not. God is limited by who he is, by his character. Uh, And he is always true to himself. Now, I also happen to hold that to be true. I, I believe that to be true as well, that God is essentially limited. That who God is, uh, his character, is such that he is always true to himself. Um, so God is essentially limited because he is Yahweh. And he will always be true to himself. that's a huge paradigm shift Um, because when bad things happen and they always do uh, theologically we tend to be in one of two camps either God is in control therefore God wanted this to happen therefore it's God's fault but I'm just a human and I can't I can't tell why he this needed to happen uh, but God is using it in such a way uh, because that's how things must happen. Uh, God, God made it happen, and I'm human, therefore I can't understand it. As opposed to saying there's evil in the world uh, because God is who he is. Uh, evil has entered the world because he's given people choices. And the fact that he gives people choices to either do good or do bad, uh, they will sometimes choose to do bad. And because God's character, his personality is such that he must allow freedom of choice, freedom of choice or free will, uh, then evil things will happen. But it doesn't make 
doesn't make God at fault for that. It means that God is doing that because that's who he is. That's a character trait of him. That's, that's who he is. He's somebody that says, please do this, but, but do what you want. I hope you will do this. I hope you will choose this way. But I will respect you in such a way that allows you to choose which direction you're going to go. And that's that's who God is. That's where God's love stems from. Um, his plan is uh, necessarily caught up in who he is, right? If he's not a controlling God, if he is a God who chooses to partner with, to, uh, to convince, um, to influence, if that's who he is, his character is. Uh, then he is limited to work in that same way and does not allow himself to be untrue to himself by going outside of that and controlling events, controlling people's choices. It's actually a very large paradigm shift. And it's one that is far overdue in evangelical circles. Far overdue. short. I don't know if I'll use this or not. Uh, not a whole lot there, I'm afraid. But anywho, um, 